Okay, hello. Yo, yo, yo. What's going on? Trying to eat some dinner. What kind of dinner you got? I got pork chops. Pork chops and applesauce. Wow. What a lucky guy. I got nothing. I'm over here at the office just watching Jake the Snake. Hey, how's that going? Oh, man. It's freaking nuts, dude. Wait, watching or listening? Well, I'm on YouTube. Oh, okay. The Joe Rogan episode, right? Yeah. Four chops and applesauce. I had some applesauce last night. Very underrated. Really? You did? For real? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's from another Brady Bunch. Pork chops and applesauce. Yeah, I wouldn't have known that. Come on, man. I didn't watch Brady Bunch. <clears throat> did you, um, I think, did you see the Brady Bunch uh, parody movies? No. All right, you, you have to watch them. <clears throat> okay. I think I asked you a few years ago on the show. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, still haven't seen it, I guess. I'm thinking about renting this Jake the Snake Resurrection. Oh, yeah. When he was at the uh, DDP's house for the... Um, trying to bring Jake the Snake back. Get him off the mm. drugs and alcohol, and it was really good. The Resurrection of the Snake. Yep. Yeah, you can get it on YouTube, four bucks. Hmm. I just um I got some stuff done. I forgot to post the the last episode to YouTube. Okay. And so I finished that. I got that up on YouTube right now. Good. So, any listeners like uh, that like to listen on YouTube like Jason does? There you go. Go to Radio Impound on YouTube and subscribe and hit that little notification bell anytime I upload something. Boom. Yeah, I like to I like to listen on YouTube for some reason. Yeah, you put it in the background and uh, mm-hmm. as you're taking a nap at Jake Concepts Center. That's right. So what episode number are we in? 184. Nice. Dude, we're, we're just clicking them off, man. This is going to be like a surprise episode because we didn't even post anything. It's just going to be like, boom, another episode. But I think we kind of decided like today didn't we just like yeah, mm, the other day of. I think. yeah we we're just like yeah let's record on uh on tuesday before you leave for uh what race are you going to now indoor national series finals well this is the big one right here right yeah this is the final for our for our series and the spring series no this I is mean, uh, the fall one no, no no this is the the national series is all year long, and that's the uh, the one you're thinking as a Super Cup. Oh, okay. So, uh, so this is the um, J Concepts Indoor National Series. That's it. Yeah. And that runs from when to when? Usually. We start in February and we end in December. Oh wow! But there's five total races, so there's a lot of space between events. Yeah, that's cool though. 
that's just the kind of the way it worked out. So we so we get so we uh, gather all the results from the five races. Mm-hmm. You're allowed to what? Drop one. Drop two, actually. Oh, drop two! Wow. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, determine the uh, champion. Yeah. Or champions, I guess I would say, right? Yeah. There's uh, there's gonna be. I can look at the points, but you know, there's four or five classes where everybody made the complete tour. Uh, enough, I'm sorry, enough races to qualify. And yeah, so just putting that together. It's gonna be a good race. Um, we got this will probably be the eh, the first or the second deepest field we've ever had. At one of our events, so yeah, kind of looking forward to it. And then we, um, and this is when we have the banquet. Then Sometime no, the, in... the Super Cup has the banquet, which oh. is that'll be January or February. Okay. Yeah, this rate, this series, we we do the awards after the last event, and yeah, it's kind of a kind of some thrashing right at the end to get the uh, some the thrashing. points up the points updated and everything but we get her done well so then the super cup is ending soon then too the super cup is already over for the year okay and then you have the banquet coming up in january or something yeah that's right all right cool how many races is the super cup five it's it's well it's it's eight total races and but it's split up into two ses- sessions, which is you, what you were thinking of. Is we have this the spring and the fall sessions. Oh, we have four right. four races in the spring, four in the fall. Uh, we're actually considering changing that up a little this year. Oh yeah. We have we haven't made a complete decision, but <clears throat> but we do have we do have some plans to to change things up a little this year which i think i don't know should be kind of interesting i gotta check and see if this fucker's recorded oh shit (laughs) you gotta revive it when i get online i'm pretty confident it is but we'll see okay i don't see my uh yeah yeah good okay so i edit i forget where we're at yeah, just going over the Super Cup, we're thinking about changing it up a little bit next year on the amount of races and doing some different things. Uh, mm-hmm. Got some ideas. Oh, some new ideas going around. Yeah, I mean, we, we're we thinking about mixing it up and changing some things the way we're doing it. And Now, where can I go for all those updates? Just jconcepts.net somewhere on there, or do you have like a special site for this stuff? Uh, we actually have a... If you go to our site, uh, like concepts, there is a tab for events. Oh. Then there's a tab for Super Cup, and then that's where all our latest info is. So we got the latest results will be showing on there, uh, and then the results that were just before that. <clears throat> so, so we always put everything up there after each event. Have you uh, ever gone to these races and and found uh, a new talent? 
Uh, all the time. Yeah. <clears throat> but you usually kind of see it coming a little bit in a sense. Like you can see a kind of a buildup of, you know, a guy. Uh, I mean, uh, Damon Borkowitz, we saw him on the Super Cup uh, first. Uh, Is that where you first met him? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, in a way. Yeah. First time you saw him race, probably. Yeah. I saw him race when he was a really young kid at his local track, uh, just because I don't know, I was like term marshaling or something. And but I think that's where I first saw him. But then he came to the Super Cup, and uh, you know he, you know he would be the little kid that would like come over and want to wash your tires and you know right. do all the, you know. And we're just like, who's this kid, like, washing our tires? <laughs> and, but then, you know, you kind of, you know, then, then, it, you, just, then it, <laughs> you just piled a bunch of tires on them here. That's what Paul kid. used to do. <laughs> Paul would just be like, all right, you're washing tires. Here you go, kid. <laughs> yep. And it worked out pretty well, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And, you know, it. it's nice because what's cool about that type of stuff is it's so uh, innocent. Uh, you know, it's such an innocent thing because the, the kid, yeah, you know, is referring to him or they just the kids are so into it at that particular time and they just love being there and like racing and, and uh you know, when they get older, it's a—it's just you know they get a little more jaded and a little more used to everything, and, and it's just not you know everybody can go through that, but but you know that's kind of you know how some of that stuff happens. But yeah, it was really—it's uh, really kind of a fun period when these when these kids start racing and. Um, just really enthusiastic. I know, like in the old days, I, I would think like if if you know if a Jason Rona was watching me race, you know, I'd be like, oh, I gotta do good because you know I want to try and get on the team, stuff like that. I just wonder if stuff like that happens today. I, I think it does a little bit. Um, yeah, it's it's hard to say. Um, some people tell you things. Some people don't really tell you things, you know. They don't. They don't come back later and, and tell you, oh, you know. Like, can you? Was, can you? If somebody came up to you and said, "Hey, watch this kid. He's good," and you watch him, can you tell if the kid's going to be legit? Uh, no, no way. Not just from one <clears throat> race. You gotta. Yeah, because what you can't tell is, you know, it's like this. Well, because everybody, every. Every parent thinks their kid is the next superstar. Right. So, you know, they they kind of see through. They see they only see their kids through the superstar eyes. I don't think know? my so, dad ever thought that of me when he watched me race. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's yeah. a possibility. Yeah, I think he was more along the lines of, uh, "Man, this is a waste of money." He's like, "God, what are we doing here?" Good lord. <laughs> Whew, I hope he gets out of this soon. Yeah. He stopped taking me after a while. Maybe that's why he was all embarrassed. Anyway. You know, I 
you know, it's very rarely uh, do you bump in. You know, the the parents are just so they they just see it so much differently uh, when it's their kids, and so it, it's 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 tough to speak with them about it at times because you know they got like these stars in their eyes and and you know i remember talking to somebody one time and you know when when these kids are 13 14 years old you can pretty much tell already you know if they have the the speed or the ability and if you don't really have it at that age, you can't. It's not. It's not going to be very possible for you to make it a career, um, which is fine. You know, anybody can. You know, it, it's it's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be a hobby. It doesn't have to be a career. So that's why it's funny. Where <clears throat> it really shouldn't be about your results. Um, you know, the parents they get really hung up on. Sometimes the why they're there, and, you know, what they're getting, you know, trying to pressure people into, you know, different things or sponsorships or whatever. And it's like you're kind of forgetting why you're why you're doing this. Yeah. But anyway, uh, you can tell a certain amount of talent that kid that a driver has when you watch right away. But you can't tell if they're going to make it all the way because there's way too much. Um, it's just like when you hear another NBA player come in or, or an athlete, you know. And I know you guys don't like Jordan, but they always say, you know, he's the next Michael Jordan, you know. And, <clears throat> all you know, they just – something they saw – reminded them of that guy and then they start saying oh this guy's the next jordan you're just like well and it never happens it's very rare that uh so yeah i remember um i remember people telling damon oh you're the next ryan mayfield you know and yeah and and it's so unfair to him because he's so young to begin with that he was just wanting to race and have fun like he wasn't sure he wants to be as fast as he can but it's also like i don't think he's at that time he's sitting there thinking you know i gotta measure up to mayfield like he's just thinking i like this this is fun i'm out here with some buddies and we're racing i'm doing well but you had adults telling him he was like the next ryan mayfield and And he's found out over the years that you don't just turn into the next Ryan Mayfield because somebody says that you are. You have to still earn it. And over the years, people find out how difficult that really is. Um, so, but yeah, like you said, you can't just see these kids. And sure, you can say, oh yeah, he can turn a fast lap, and he's he's got a good knack for this, and he. Um, and I am saying he, it's not really correct. There's a lot of she racers now too. Um, so he and she's, but um, you know, you can see a lot of quickness out of some of these kids, but 
there's so much more to it than that. It's not just about that one lap that you can do. And uh, you got to come a long ways to be that next Ryan Mayfield or that next Cavalry. I mean, there is a long ways to go. Mm. Uh, and there's people still trying to get to that level. There's They have the talent. They have the support. They have the dedication. They have it all, and they still haven't surpassed some of these people, which shows you how good they are at it. So, um, yeah, that's a kind of a big thing. So who, who discovered, you may have covered this in the past episode, who discovered Mayfield then? Like, how did it all go down? Well, I think uh, really the way it happened, he's a, he was an Arizona racer. <clears throat> His parents got him into it. And you could tell when he was a young kid that um, he had the talent. Because <clears throat> we went there for some Cactus Classics, and I got to see him race when he was in stock, and he was really young. What are we talking? How old, approximately? Uh, yeah, he was probably about nine, I'd say. Hmm. He started when he was six. Wow. So his parents had him driving cars, or his dad did, out, out in front of their house um, on the road when he was six. And they told him that if you can, I'm going to put paper plates out here on the street. And as soon as you can go where I tell you to go, then we'll go to the track. So he finally got to the point where he could drive around the paper plates and then they took him to the track and then he started racing there. And he, and when I first saw him race at this point, he was probably about nine ish. It's in the mid nineties. And he was, he was fast. He could, he could do the fast laps like these, like, you know, we talked about earlier, like some of the other kids, but you could tell his equipment, um, it wasn't up to, maybe his driving was a little bit ahead of his equipment, mm. but at the same time, mentally, he had a tough time as a kid because I think um, there was some high expectations put on him when he was racing. Um, and he had a tough time, I think, dealing with that, uh, that the kind of that pressure that was put on him to, to drive a good race. And so he was the... He was the nine-year-old that would be crying after the races and stuff, you know. And, but he kept racing, and um, he didn't really, you know, have the the type of money to travel around. But he could do the Cactus Classic, and he could go and do the Reedy Race. So they raced the Reedy race. This is the first time I remember him doing really well was his parents brought him to the Reedy race at M&M. And I want to say he got second or third in the open class. And he had these bright pink wheel dots on his car, the old yeah. Yokomo, the old Yokomo bright pink wheel dots. He had, yeah. it was, I wouldn't say a similar paint job to what he has now, but he still had that pink. That's why that, 
pink orange is still on his body because he's kind of always had that. But uh, it's not that he's just this huge fan of pink or something. <laughs> but that's just been in his body the whole time since he's you know he was racing. Then his dad painted his bodies, and that's so. Yeah, it's anyway, pretty cool that he keeps it in there. Yeah. Yeah, and so he did really good at that race. I remember looking at his car after the after the mains. It was sitting there on a table, and he was really young. And I, I didn't, you know, because I mean he's like nine or ten. And sometimes when these kids are nine or ten, you, you're kind of wondering when you're talking to them, if are like, are they getting what I'm saying to them? Or yeah. you know, like right. you don't know like how how it, you know what I mean? It's like people feel like that when they talk to me today. <laughs> but you know, and but I'm like, man, he was he did a great job on the track at that race. It was really the first time I'd ever seen him. Because I saw him at the Cactus Classic, and he he would race, but he would, you know, it would be like the, uh, you know, he'd be on this like magical run for like two minutes, and then the last two minutes would be a disaster, and then there would be like, you know, then it was like three minutes of a ma- a, a great race, and then like the last minute is a disaster, you know. So, and <clears throat> then then get the Reedy race, which is really strange because I don't, it's not like he went there to practice, so he. Uh, he picked up on that track, which is totally, really kind of different than running at Arizona's Cactus Classic track. And he got there, and yeah, he was just really good in the open class. And the competition there was amazing because it's like we talked about last week or the last show, where you go to these tracks and there's the hometown heroes that have tons of runs on that local track, and that's all the guys he was racing when he was like nine or 10 years old. So he shows up, races the open class and it's against all the local heroes and he ends up getting on the podium. So uh, that was the first time I saw him run really well. And, and then he kind of disappeared for a little while. I think he got a little older, uh, you know, 15, 16, uh, maybe a little trouble here or there. I don't know. And, uh, then I just, all of a sudden, he won, he, they debuted the B4 at the Cactus Classic in, I don't remember the year, I think it was 2004, or no, yeah, 2000, I'm trying to get this right. So, so he did disappear for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, he was still racing, I think, locally, but he, he got a little older, so it was like, he went from being, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old <clears throat> to where he was in his, te- you know, you're in your teens, and then, you know, maybe it's, uh, it's just not quite the same. Yeah. You know, so I think he was still racing, but just not, you know, you're not racing as a younger kid with all this, uh, all this support as a, uh, a parental support in terms of money. You know, you start to get. A little bit older and you probably have to pay for some of your own things and mm-hmm. so it's a different i don't know the exact situation i just remember yeah. when i saw him racing at cactus saw him racing at the Reedy race and then um they de- went to debut this b4 and I-, I can't remember what year it was it was either o2 or o3 because we ran the o3 2003 worlds was a minray we were already running the b4 so it had to be early that year 2003 they debuted the b4 and 
he uh, he was a sponsored driver by Associated at that time because Mike Reedy, who was known for picking up you know younger kids that were good racers, he had given uh, Ryan and his family a sponsorship through Reedy, which also gave them an Associated sponsorship, and he he got a B four and. Uh, one of the first ones from the production kits, and he TQ'd and won the Cactus. Wow. And he was, I think he was 16. <laughs> yeah, either 16 or 17. And he was he was just a partially sponsored driver, and he won modified, not stock. So, you know, he went from being 9, 10 years old to, you know, putting in these two-minute hero runs, three-minute runs, and then he was able to start putting together complete qualifiers. And then, of course, on his home track, he was a, you know, a, a real threat. So then, you know, he started running modified. And then in modified, he obviously, he got this before. He got a little older, a little mature, and pretty soon he's putting together whole races, and he ended up winning the thing. So, and that's kind of what got him going. And then at that time, Brent... And then uh, Reedy kind of retired from Associated, I believe. And then Brent took over as the team manager. And he, you know, he got out of school, got out of college. He took the job with Associated, uh, got on as a team team manager, and uh, they started helping out Ryan more because Brent knew him from living in Arizona, and uh, started giving him some. You know, extra support through Associated and Reedy got him to a couple races, and he performed well when he did go. And he, he kind of was right behind Cavalieri and Tebow in terms of they were a little bit ahead of him in terms of support. I think they had a little more support than him a little sooner, but he's exactly the same age, so they kind of came together very very similar times, but in definitely different ways uh, and so yeah as this, this pretty soon he wins this cactus classic he's a partially sponsored driver brent takes over the team manager position knew ryan from when he was a kid like you know others from arizona and you know said hey this is somebody we could kind of help along a little more they helped him go to a few races um it wasn't long after that that we gave him the BJ Ford to race and kind of got involved with his racing. And, and, uh, so yeah, we went to the worlds in 2005 in Italy. Uh, Ryan was 18 there, had never been out of the country and never been to a worlds before. And he TQ'd four wheel drive. His first, first worlds he ever went to. Wow. So, um, but yeah, it's it's a it's hard to go from you know being that kid that can turn fast laps to doing a great two or three minutes, and then putting together five minutes, showing what you can do on your home track against really good drivers, then taking what that gives you, getting to the next level, and then showing what you got there, and that's what he was able to do every time he was given a opportunity he basically took advantage of it and showed what he had and i think that's what he had to do 
and that's where that's the reason he's at where he's at. And and it wasn't always easy for him, you know. Like you know, it was it definitely wasn't the easiest path to get there. Um, but um, ultimately, he turned into a good driver because his parents helped him at the beginning, and uh, you know maybe you know they expected a lot out of him watching him race, and somehow that. Um, turned into helping him a little bit down the road, I think, because uh, he maybe expected a lot out of himself. And then when he got the opportunity, he <laughs> he did something with it. Yeah. And, and there's a lot to be said for that. And uh, A lot of people get opportunities. They can't show it um, because they're not ready or they're not uh, mentally up to the challenge. And, uh, you know, he was able to do that. So that's kind of pretty nuts i mean but it's it's rare it's really really rare i mean there's obviously a lot more to the story but that's the short version if you can if i can tell a short version okay well i I always uh always wonder about that stuff if you keep an eye out and then you know just track the kid's progress see how he's doing still stuff like that i know i know when we're at trinity we used to get you know a hobby shop would talk to us and be like, "Hey, you guys got to watch this kid." You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then uh, you know you would uh, see how he's doing, see how he's progressing. Yeah, uh, we we do we do that. We got people that you know give us you know their two cents about so and so. And the other thing is, people um, they get invested in certain people because they're also. Um, it's like when you scout somebody and you think they're the next big thing and, um, you know, like, uh, now all of a sudden you're cheering for that person because it's like your discovery, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I see that, uh, quite a bit where people are like, man, this kid, you know, this is amazing. You got to see this. It's like... It I, and I try not to blow anybody off because because you kind of get jaded in this because everybody says they got you know oh you got to see this guy he's the next you know that's like look man I've seen all these guys yeah <laughs> but so but I I still I try to check it out you know it's like if if you hear something you're like oh, I gotta check I gotta see this guy I gotta see this guy race yeah and. Uh, It's it's interesting because it really is hard to call it. It's hard to make the call. It's it's hard to say uh, who's going to be the next top racer because you really don't know. It, it is kind of a you can tell, you can guess. Uh, so it's just a wait and see to see what he does or he or she, and then mm-hmm. um, yeah, just go from there then and then decide if you want to throw you know a sponsorship behind him yeah so yeah i mean i, I guess like, there is no like you it know. actually is it is kind of fun to watch people uh come up in this and you know and try to help them and see how far it can go uh that's to me that's kind of part of it um you know watching that type of stuff and 
and trying to, you know, see the next, you know, uh, really good racer is going to be. But it it's not easy, that's for sure. I mean, he, uh, it's definitely not not easy, and 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 nobody, despite everybody thinking they know certain things, they they don't they don't really know. Uh, so you gotta you gotta really pay attention, and then at the end you're still taking uh, you're still kind of guessing. And, and, and but it's part of the it's part of the magic of the whole thing, I think, and see who see who makes it. Yeah, like I was good at my local track. Mm-hmm. Take me outside of my local track, and I fell apart. <laughs> I yeah I mean we talked about it before and that's uh, the thing you got to build a race everywhere yeah and, and that's the thing is if you're only evaluating somebody based on how they do at their home track but you you're, know what? you're you're getting their best you know it's you're getting their absolute best now that I'm thinking about it though it really doesn't have to be like that because I remember <laughs> back in the Trinity days we would look for guys that were good at their local track mm-hmm. sponsor them hoping that in return the hobby shop would stock, you know, because they see the fast guy run our stuff, so the hobby shop would stock our stuff then. Mm-hmm. Because everybody would be like, oh, uh, you know, Jason, ass Jason's running Trinity Motors and whatever, you know, so mm-hmm. then the hobby shop would be ordering that. So, I don't know. Yeah, I think what you're, um, what you're describing is the, you know, the beginning levels of sponsorship, which is guys that do well, they're influential, and they carry some weight locally, and that's that's uh, the beginning levels of, of sponsorship. And then it's, well, now can this guy go anywhere? Does he travel? And now he's becoming something other than um, the local influential guy. Now he's becoming more of a travel, uh, yeah. a, a travel star. And but I mean, and then a- and then when you go further than that. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> now you're saying, all right, wow, this guy is really taking it to another level. Now he's going over here. Now he's being a threat doing this. And you're like, man, this guy is really something. And um, let's see, how did I, how did I write this? I'm just gonna read this how it is. Oh. <laughs> I typed this up. Let me. I don't even know what's the date on this. What's this for? Uh, I wrote this a long time ago, and I haven't read it for a while. Um, and let's just see what it says. <laughs> <laughs> what the, I don't even know what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. So we're talking about sponsorships. We're talking about people, mm-hmm. uh, their levels, you know, home track dude, guys. Right. So here's what I got. A 50% type of guy, and not not everybody has these levels of sponsorships, but this is just kind of what I made up uh, at that time. I think I did this, this has got to be six, seven years ago. Oh, wow. Uh, I got 50% sponsorships. Typically, the opening sponsorship offer to a driver that shows promise has been active for a couple years and is influential in the racing community. Wow, I just said this. I didn't even look at this yet. Yeah, look at that. Wow. Should be capable of making the A mains at regional events, battling for podium position. Ideally, it'd be nice if they're winning. 
right? I saw that. That was what I wrote. I wrote this six or seven years ago. Wow. Now we got um, the next level, which, you know, the next percentage uh, has shown a performance commitment improvement over a period of the next couple of years. Driver, driver has started to travel out of the state showing similar promise as they have the racing as they have on their home track. I just freaking said this too. <laughs> haven't looked at this forever. That's crazy. Vehicles have professional-looking appearance, carrying appropriate sponsorship logos. Driver wears appropriate race gear, travel, and stands behind the product they support. Okay. Regularly submits racer reports showing an active and successful racing calendar. Routinely wins races. Is ranked as one of the better drivers in their area and has shown a knack for influencing other decisions when it comes to product choices and setups no this is good yeah all right so that was the next level okay so now we got the third level all right is hands down one of the better drivers in the region capable of winning events in multiple classes in the modified classes travels out of the area and earns results near their home potential Man, look at all this. Just really tying in. Driver carries himself professionally and always has the time to help others. Vehicles have professional-looking appearance, carrying appropriate logos. Driver wears appropriate race gear apparel and stands behind the products. Regularly submits race reports. Uh, Driver influences uh, racers, tracks, and hobby stores and has a direct impact on sales for the manufacturers they represent. So just what you were talking about with your Trinity thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, other drivers trust their decisions and directly influences a group of racers. So, you know, that's pretty obvious. Um, this guy is, this guy is like the badass, you know, the badass guy in the area, or one of the badass guys in the area. Uh, people look to him and they trust what he's doing. So when I wrote this, the next level, which I'm just going to say is 100% racer. I'm just going to read this without reading this myself. This driver has fame, mystique. Wow, it's J.R. Mitch, exclamation point. That's how I wrote this seven years ago. Typically considered one of the best drivers in their area and region and has traveling experience showing amazing results on a national level. So there you go. Consistently a threat to win in just about any vehicle they put their hands on. Drivers want to see their vehicles, setups, general knowledge, and ability on the track. Driver carries himself professionally, you know, helps others. Vehicles have the professional look. Driver wears the appropriate apparel, uh, submits racing reports, and other drivers trust their decisions. Um, So then we have... The, that's even beyond that. I just put simply put, this guy is a badass. Has the fame, has the fame, mystique, and professionalism of all the above categories, as well as the ability to back up the hype with the results. Driver is well liked and respected, and has world potential. Has the unique ability to deliver on cue, and hasn't lost sight of why they are sponsored and supported in the hobby. And drivers, tracks, and hobby stores simply support what they use. Wow. Here's what we got. And then I put at the bottom the model of what I felt like somebody that was going through the ranking at that particular time was uh, Barry Pettit. 
Barry is one driver that has started that we started working with and is the perfect example of the scale. Barry is the started uh, let's see is a model of the racing support and sponsorship program working his way up each year. He has never asked for anything and consistently has nothing but good things to say about J concepts while turning in results and well written race reports and photos. So the, I was just at the time I was trying to make an example for somebody. Hey, you know this guy has started here and now he's here. You know uh, I think at the you know at that time you know, he started when I saw him in the airport when he was a kid with his dad um, at one of the races. Uh, you know we started sponsoring them shortly after that, um, and then the kid was racing. You know doing better. You know working his way up, getting faster, and. Pretty soon he was going to nationals. He was at the Worlds with us at two different Worlds, and uh, uh, we went to Thailand and Argentina together. Uh, well, they were there. We didn't travel together, but they were there when we were there. And and he, he was fast as hell. He was competitive at the Worlds. And, you know, he started as the kid in the airport that we were talking to about racing. So at the time, you know, I, he was the guy that I rode in here and, and, uh, but this, yeah, this totally uh, applies to what we were just talking about. And <laughs> yeah, I got a lot of stuff in here that I wrote. It's pretty funny. But it's still true. Yeah. Good stuff. I called it the ladder to the success. The ladder to success. Yep. By Jason Rona. And you guys, this, you and Kirby, you'll get a. I like it. People are going to ask to see this whole thing now that we're talking about this. <laughs> the blueprint to, to success. Yeah, I thought it was... I just remember it was fun, like, kind of writing this because you, you think about a lot of these things, but, you know, you don't really... It was kind of nice to write some of them down and how you were thinking at that at that time. So this was just notes to yourself here. Uh, yeah, mostly. Yeah, it was mostly based off of people asking us things. Because uh, what I wrote was frequently asked questions, which was, can I be sponsored? How do I get sponsored? How do I move up in my sponsorship? How come I'm not sponsored? And what is a resume? <laughs> that was that was my frequently asked question. So I started on this this uh, this tangent of kind of explaining these different levels people see and how they got there and and I'll send this over to you guys you'll like that yeah so we got off on that uh, but you know that's all good stuff I mean it really still applies today and it might it actually probably applies more so today than it even did back then and it's, it's holding up over time Kind of this kind of leads into our next one of our next things, but you know we kind of promised people we would talk about the IOCC event, <laughs> and you said you had people ask you about it, yeah, because we we referenced. Oh, let's wait. We'll talk about this later, but um, we kind of got late on that last show, but yeah, I, I actually I thought you did talk about. It. <laughs> I thought we, we, we started. Like, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh shit, we did talk. Yeah, about it. we started, and then it was like we kind of got 
we wanted to hit the questions. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, so the IOCC uh, in Vegas, um, you know, Scotty rents that building. We did a video with him uh, during the event where he kind of describes how that event come came to be and how it is today. But, uh, you know, he has to rent a, a, a room at a hotel in Vegas, and it's expensive. And so that's a big thing is, is getting that getting that room he had this idea to, to bring an off-road race to the table inside and so he, and he now, goes there twice a year then right well this so, is well this is once a year but i mean he does an on-road one and then an off-road well that's or, what's different about this is he does them all together he he first runs the on-road race then they rebuild the track as an off-road track, and oh, then Christ. they do the off. Then they do the off-road race. So they're there for the whole week. It's uh well, he told me in all in total when he got there, and when he got there to when he left, he was there something like it's somewhere between fifteen and twenty days. That's right, because when you guys were at the Worlds, he had the on-road. He was starting to set up while we were in the, at the Worlds. Then he ran the on-road race. Okay. Then he has to tear down, build the off-road. And it's not just him. He's got great helpers. Right. Uh, a lot of people that are there with him. Uh, Walt Henderson's just one of the guys I remember off the top of my head. But, uh, yeah, they got great people helping. And But, yeah, they got to build this whole track. And it starts with, you know, you get this room – at the Westgate Hotel, awesome big room, uh, you know, air conditioning, you know, it's got carpet on the ground, but you can't race on the carpet. So first of all, they have to build a subfloor. So two by fours, plywood, build a subfloor. Then you put, he puts brand new CRC carpet on it. Uh, so the, the latest, greatest carpet rolls it out and then builds the, you know, the layout, uh, Driver stand, bleachers, um, um, announcers. At the the area where he does the announcing and all the race management is an elevated area, which actually looks really cool. Um, and then the driver stand, of course, elevated. And so yeah, do all that. Run the on road race. Then they take the track and start building jumps and add all the jumps and they build everything. They build everything there put carpet over the top of it and then uh, on off-road guys check in and then they start racing so wow that uh, is crazy so we, i did not know that yeah so we came in just for the off-road version uh, you know we're the control tire there this <clears> year <throat> uh, just trying to support the event uh, part of him getting that uh the ability for him to have the race there was that you know he doesn't he can't choose the very best dates because of course you know vegas is going to control the rate that they rent it to him for based off of the demand. So uh, that's why it was over Thanksgiving. That's a more affordable time for him to rent that space. So our off-road race was during Thanksgiving. So that was a little different. So it's like the uh, Cleveland race. like it, it's Oh, it's, of... it's, it's exactly like that. Yeah. I did, and, and I think I asked you guys in chat, and I was like, oh, the Cleveland race is uh... – still going on like that's so you had the cleveland race going on you had this going on i'm sure 
Well, no, I guess the guys that raced on road probably went up to Cleveland then, right? Well, that was tough, yeah, because and and he knows that he was up against Cleveland, who, uh, you know, they've obviously been around forever doing that race. Was it the twenty seventh annual or thirty second annual? I can't yeah. remember. But he's racing off road during during Cleveland. yeah. Yeah, so he had his on-road race before Cleveland, but then his off-road race fell on the same time as Yeah, Cleveland, so I bet which... you some of, the, some of those guys from the on-road went up to Cleveland, huh? I wouldn't be surprised if there was a couple guys that ran both events, but I think in all reality, if you're paying for it yourself, you probably have to choose one or the other. Yeah, right. Hmm. I wonder how Cleveland's drawing. It was great. Yeah. They had uh, like 400 plus entries. Wow. Which, you know, these days, um, with all the classes, you know, that are out there, that's probably 200 guys uh, or, or a little less. Yeah, that's true. But, but it's still good. Yeah. It's still good. It's still healthy. It's still going on. Jeez. I wonder, I wonder what yeah. they're up to now. Well, that's what I was saying. 27th, 32nd annual, something okay. like that. Oh, wow. Yeah. <clears throat> so this race. Um, the one thing he did for the racers is the version. The if you're racing the off-road side, he did a a Thanksgiving dinner. So we had a a one of the nights, well Thanksgiving night, we had a full dinner catered from the hotel. Uh, you know, all you know, turkey, ham, the whole thing. And you know, he it's in a big room. It looks like a wedding. Uh, and you mean a funeral? <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Uh, so we got our, we all got our Thanksgiving meal with all the racers. I was packed in there. I had some photos I took while we were in there, and then the, the so we had that that that's part of your race entry. Each racer got a meal ticket for that, and then uh, the next night they had a taco and beer night, which was another hmm. thing provided to the racers so um not only are you staying there at the hotel during that time of the year which he gets a good rate it was like 60 dollars a night to stay at the westgate um and you know it's really it's that's a great rate these days for a hotel and you know specifically considering you know we're on the road these days you're lucky to get very lucky to get under a hundred dollars at any race hotel you know and you're staying at like a holiday inn they're still over a hundred dollars usually, mm-hmm. so you're staying at the Vegas hotel, you know, sixty dollars, and it's nice in there, and um, it's a little pricey to eat in Vegas, but you know, you got those two meal nights, you got those two nights where it's provided by the race, so it's not all that bad. Uh, ran the race itself, um, it's top notch. You get two or three practice runs. Uh, one day you got two, the next day, yeah, something like that. Maybe we got five runs total of practice, which is all controlled. You know, it's not like the random stand in the line, get on the driver's stand, like it's all in your heat race and you go up and you run a five minute practice, come down, turn marshal. Uh, so super professional and you know when you're going to race, there's a time schedule. Usually Scotty has a time schedule. So if you want to go out and do something in Vegas. Like Allison left several times, and she's like, "Well, I'm gonna go over to you know." She's like, this hotel. "Give me the credit card. I'm going out <laughs> shopping." No. Nope. Jason's like, "Oi." <laughs> she doesn't buy anything. She's 
she's uh I'm the one that buys stuff. Yeah. Um so yeah, so she was like, Yeah, I'm gonna go over to the Cosmopolitan uh hotel and what was kinda cool is like Brent Telke's wife was there so she could kinda go with her over to a different hotel. So, you know, we're racing and they got a chance to go out and see a couple things. Uh, Allison's family came out there and she got to show them a little bit of Vegas. They'd never been there before. And they actually got to do the Thanksgiving meal with us from the race too. So it was cool. In the hotel itself there, you know, they have the Vegas shows. So there's one they call sexy, which I haven't been to that show yet, but uh, it's like a, you know, like a burlesque thing or something. Oh. Uh, and then they have another one. I think it had to be a certain height to go into those trees. Oh, that's why I couldn't get in. <laughs> okay. Well, now everything kind of yeah. mm-hmm. makes a little more sense. So they also have a magic, uh, Jen Kramer magic uh, show that I actually went to. In the hotel, that was really cool. Because we're out, you know, just the racing or practice was over, and they got the little hotel bar, so the racers are kind of down there, and you know, talking crap, having a couple beers. And um, I see this line forming, and people are getting autographs, and I'm like, what is this all about? Oh, Kirby was there? Uh, no, he wasn't there. <laughs> so He'd be up in his... Up in his hotel playing games. <laughs> well, you said autographs, signing autographs. Those Kirby. Shoot 'em up games. Yeah. So, so you're signing autographs there, huh? Yeah. So I'm like, who in the heck's what the hell is this? And I go over to the table, and the lady's like, Oh, you know, are you coming out? You want to get an autograph? I'm like, No, I'm just hanging out. I don't know what this is all about. They're like, Well, this is, uh, you know, you can stay in a line get. Jen Kramer's autograph. She's the magician here at the oh. Westgate Hotel, right. and uh, she just finished her show. So everyone comes out of the show, and then you can meet her after the show. So I'm like, all right, well, I didn't go to the show, but I'll meet Jen Kramer, right? <laughs> so I stand in line. I get up there, and I didn't even go to her show. I'm just getting in line for an <laughs> autograph. So. I'm like, I, 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 don't, I need something for you to sign. <laughs> so she hands me, like, you know, like kind of her business card type of thing. She's like, oh, we can sign these. You know? She's like, do you have a show ticket? We're, we could sign, sign the show tickets. I'm like, no, I didn't go to show. <laughs> <laughs> so she, she, she signs this business card. Uh, and uh, so she starts to sign it. Right. And. I'm just thinking to myself, you know when he did the yearbook signings and people would put, oh, stay cool? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. So she starts to sign it, and she puts stay, and I go, oh, cool. And she goes, and then she stuck, keeps writing, and she just looks at me, and she goes, magical. And I'm like, oh, that uh, makes sense. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, that you're, makes sense. You're like, I see what you did there. Yeah, I see what you did there. <laughs> so then... You know, they take your picture with her, so I posted that on Instagram. And Imagine if Joel Johnson was in line, and she, be, she wrote, stay magical. Hi. And he would just be like, uh, this is weird. <laughs> and then Magic Johnson standing behind him going, uh. <laughs> yeah. Uh. 
So, yeah, I took a picture with her, and then I put it on Instagram. Oh, while I was talking to her, I told her while I was there. While I was at this, the reason I was at the hotel is because we were having an RC race down the hall. She's like, a what? Yeah, and what's funny is I put it on Instagram, this photo of her, and I I tagged her in it, and she said, and then later she goes and comments, you know, thanks for stopping by and good luck at your race tomorrow. So I was I was impressed with her, uh, um, her follow through. Hmm. Yeah, that is imp- Oh, here's the picture I'm looking at now. Oh wow, no wonder why you stood in line. <laughs> wow, that's a cool shirt, dude. Where'd you get? The, you got that at the uh, beach shop there. Yeah, I got. I didn't know I got you got the, that shirt. Yeah, I got the Hollywood. Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Damn, that's cool. Jen Kramer. Good lord, Jen Kramer. Hello. And you know what? She was very good because <laughs> we did this. We did this all backwards oh, because the, yeah. <laughs> we did this all backwards. Because then after I met her and I tagged her in a photo and I didn't even know what she who she was because I was just doing it for fun. I'm following her now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, and then I. I told her, I'm like, all right, I said, maybe we'll come to your show in the next couple of days. So I did. We went and got tickets. We went to her show, and um, there's it's about a 250-seat little you know, room that she does the show in, and, and she was really good. It was it was a fun thing, and um, actually, Allison got called on stage for one of her acts. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, during the show, so it was pretty fun, kind of added to the... Jason's like, make her disappear. Please make her disappear. <laughs> Poof. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> JenKramerMagic.com. So, yeah, I'll, I'll kind of do this sh- short. But she says, at the beginning of the show, um, a lockbox drops from the ceiling. It sits on a stool. Mm. And she has a key around her neck. And she opens up the box. And she said... And she and she tells the crowd, "All right, I'm gonna use this box. Will be part of something later on. But I just wanted to show you that this key opens the box. It's around my neck. And what we're gonna do now is I'm just gonna raise the box to the top here, and you guys can watch it uh, for the whole show if you want. And then uh, it'll be part of the part of the show later. Hmm. So you know, during this whole show, she's got her different things, this and that." <clears throat> And that box is still up there, you know, hanging from this hook. And so we get to the last trick of the trick of the night, and you know, she does the only oh, you know who's you know this is a little bit of a promo, but she's like you know who around here does you know do you guys do social media yeah you got a Facebook account yeah you got Instagram yeah yeah she's like all right well you know she called this is where Allison gets on stage and um, she. Allison, you know, introduces, you know, to the crowd. Then she goes behind the screen. She pulls a screen down that looks like a Facebook page. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it's, but it's blank, like where your name is, it's blank, like where your, um, you know, in your relationship status is blank and something over here is blank. So it's got Allison standing behind the screen. You can see her face, like, like where your profile picture would be. 
Okay. And so then she has this, the Jen Kramer has this little thumbs up cardboard cutout. <clears throat> She's like, I'm going to throw this into the crowd and, and then I'm going to ask you a question. <clears throat> so she throws this thumbs up thing into the crowd. You know, somebody catches it and they say, um, you know, what, um, Who's Allison in a relationship with? And so whoever the person in the crowd catches this just can say, you know, Allison's in a relationship with whoever. So the person says she's in a relationship with uh, Carrot Top. Hmm. So then Jen takes her pen and writes on <clears throat> sorry, the board in, in a relationship with Carrot Top. Then the other person throws the, the little thumbs up like thing into the crowd. Somebody else gets it. And then there's another question. And then their response dictates something that she writes on Allison's page, right? Hmm. So there's so there's three things. And then the last person uh, that gets the thumbs up, they say, all right, how many friends does Allison have? Uh, 3,125 or whatever. The person just says some random number. She writes that on the board. So now she's got all these uh, crowd-defined things she's written on Allison's fake Facebook page. So she's like, all right, you know, thank Allison. Well, you know, da-da-da, you can go back to your seat. We'll roll the thing up. And so pretty soon she lowers the box from the ceiling. She opens the box, pulls out a tube, and has written in there everything that she wrote on the Facebook page for Allison now was in the box at the top of the ceiling in the exact order that it happened. So you said Allison's in a relationship with Carrot Top. Uh, this says that. It says she's got 300 and... 3,125 friends. Like, everything was written out in this thing that was suspended, you know, at the top of the ceiling. So, anyway, it was pretty cool. And that was just one of the things, you know, one of the tricks. But uh, it was pretty cool. So, anyway, got to do that during the stay in Vegas. And then doing the race itself was just kind of... Icing on the cake, right? Yeah. Um, I ran over 40. Kind of sucked. I just... I didn't race... I didn't run that well until the mains. And then the mains, I was I was doing pretty well. And had a shot to get second behind Brent. But I crashed an A3 when I... Uh, Brent won the first two mains. But then the A3 was between me and Chris Champlin. He... Uh, was the second fastest guy in over 40 the whole time. And I actually got by him. He made a mistake, and I was thinking, oh, man, I got, I'm got. i going to win this A3. I'm going to get second overall. And then I traction rolled. He got oh, by me. Damn. Then I got third, third overall. So I was starting to get quicker. I think my lap times were definitely getting quicker every race. Uh, the other guys were right kind of where they were the whole time, and uh, I was kind of getting up to speed, but a little too late. Hmm. But uh, the Champlins, who I, I talked about the dad earlier, Chris Champlin, but he's got two sons, Brock Champlin, who 
I'd considered getting on the show tonight just to talk about his race, but so there's Brock and then there's Blake Champlin, who all three of them race uh, in the Vegas area all the time. Uh, they travel to California, race on dirt. Um, they've flown Brock out to a couple of our events this year. Uh, did the Roar Nationals. Um, so they've been kind of making the rounds this year, trying to push, um, getting to be better drivers. And, you know, they race all the, uh, usually all the time on carpet, but they do race in dirt also, and they do well at both, which is kind of rare. But um, very good racers. Uh, Brock actually TQ'd in one two-wheel. And then uh, uh, I was actually given the permission from Mikhail Orlowski to just call him Michael. He said I could call him Michael. Oh, okay. So Michael Orlowski, uh, he came there, you know, representing Schumacher. Hell yeah, Schumacher. And he's... You know uh, it. Maybe the hottest guy in the world in, in carpet. He's uh, an ass kicker on that EOS series. Him and Bruno kind of go back and forth winning uh, on the EOS. <clears throat> so having him come over was a big deal and it really gave the champions. And then Spencer was also racing, kind of gave them a little bit of a measuring stick as to how they've been doing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, where they have to improve. And, and for the most part, Orlowski kind of kicked everyone's ass in four-wheel. He TQ'd in one pretty easily. But in two-wheel, it was a different story. Brock dominated. He TQ'd all four rounds of qualifying, and he won the first main and the last main. Second main, his brother Blake won. And I think Spencer got second or third in pretty much every main. Um, just to touch off the pace from those guys, um, he hadn't ran carpet for a while, was just a little bit... I'd say carpet rusty, but the other guys really were practiced up and ready, ready for Michael Orlowski and uh, and ready for Spencer. So those guys were fast. Uh, Blake, which you know Brock's brother, actually won Stadium Truck, and their dad got second in over forty, and then Brock oh. won won two wheel. So those yeah. guys were ready and uh, they were hauling ass. So I think if people – the race entry is kind of expensive there because you get tires with your entry. You get a goodie bag, um, but you get those two meals that he does. But when you kind of get past the, the initial entry or the sticker shock and then you realize how much you're kind of getting being there in Vegas, the hotel, the meals, uh, it's actually really cool. I yeah. think there's a lot of people that – the race doubled in size from the first year to the second. Wow. Uh, you know, it was 100 entries the first year, 200 entries this year. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised that it'll be near 300 next year, even if they keep it on uh, Thanksgiving. I still think a lot of people are going to go. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it, it's just a good experience and felt kind of laid back, uh, but still a new track. It's fresh, and people like that. House feels like a new start. Nobody has an advantage, and uh, so I definitely see us. We'll be back next year and trying to push it. You know, uh, see if uh, Scotty can, you know, keep making it a, a success that it is. I guess. 
And we talked about the stock classes on the last episode. We talked about how, um, you know, the guys with the the good motor programs were at a big advantage on the track because of the one jump. And uh, yeah, that one jump that like the looked like a half pipe. That that Dude, was that, a really hard jump. God, that looked crazy, man. That thing kicked my ass. Did it? Because it just, um, it just didn't have a good flow to it. Like when you jumped, when you drove into the face, so the car it, wanted to go straight up to the rafters. Oh, okay. So you you accelerate into the face of it, and then it it kind of like sends the car straight up, and then trying to get it to land and then turn, make that right hand corner was really tough. So what do you got to do there to give it a little break, right? Yeah, you, you just it's kind of actually hard for me to even describe how it goes. You, I just feel like you kind of do it when you're driving. Like I, But if I had to kind of remember, like, you know, you pull a little bit of throttle to kind of get some speed going, you know, to keep your pace up. But then when you jump, when you drive into the face of that, that thing, the car just loses all the momentum. So... But if you hit it too hard, it goes up too high. It goes straight up. It's <laughs> like you're going to jump into the ceiling. So you have to, like, back off right at the last minute and get the car so it just barely clears the top is how I think you really wanted to do it. So you drive into the face as fast as you can, but you're, the fast guys probably break and then barely get the rear to pop over the clear the edge. And then once you're on the back side of it, you can drive down and into the next turn. What I ended up doing is I drive into it a little bit too fast and not slowing down enough at the last second. And you get a little bit too much height. And then you're kind of hung out there to dry mm. in the air a little bit. And then before you can get the tires back on the ground and make a nice turn. So I felt like I was like hanging too long but i didn't quite have the feel for that jump and i think i i think i got a little better on it in the mains because when you were chasing somebody or racing then you felt like you could see somebody in front of you like oh man they did it like that right i'm gonna adjust and the next time i'm gonna try a little different then you can kind of judge how you're doing and a qualifier i think i feel like you're out there by yourself and yeah, like, a little bit, oh, shit. and you're just like, I don't want to make a mistake on this because it was kind of tricky, and uh, so. Yeah. Man, you had to be thinking about that jump the whole time. Like, you're coming around the corner, especially getting ready to go into it, and you're like, oh, yeah. shit, here we go. <laughs> well, what what was the part that, you know, was confusing is when you would you would drive into it and... <clears throat> and you would get too much air, then you'd get down and land, and then you're a little bit hus- you're trying to hustle a little bit because you know you lost a little. You turn the wheel a little too sharp in that next turn, and then it traction rolls hmm. because you know carpet is so grippy, and then you're coming off of this downside. So the car's it's already loaded on the left side, and when you make up a, a steering move when the car's loaded that hard on carpet, it, it doesn't like that. So um, I'm making it sound a little harder than it really is, but 
Yeah. It, but it is. It, it, that's that's what's happening, and, and you have to adjust on the fly. Hmm. Well, there you have it. IIOC. Yeah, highly recommended event. And then now we get ready for the national finals, and then we're done for a couple weeks. <clears throat> Christmas break. Yeah, it, what's funny is, you know, uh, it's always kind of annoying to me because we never really – there is no break in this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we got a lot of racers right now that don't have their sponsorships sorted out for next year. Um, you know, the pro racers, silly season stuff. And I mean, they, they got to be back on the track second weekend in January with all new sponsors. So, you know, there's some people that have got to hustle here in the next, you know, three, three weeks to be ready to go. And, um, and even for us, you know, it's um, it's nice to take a little. It's nice to have a little bit of a breath sometimes, you know, to kind of regroup and get you know tires sorted out for the next race. And um, but I mean, CRC is the first race of the year, and that's second weekend in January, and Damn. we're rocking and rolling right away again. No and off season. There isn't. It's just just. I mean, we just got back from the worlds, and we're still. You know, we're still cooking, so, you know, people are asking about, you know, sponsorships and, you know, getting new contracts, and it's like, hey, we are working on all that, but we're still finishing 2018, <laughs> you know? We, like, we still got races yeah. we're trying to finish, and we're still trying Three to... weeks left, yeah. Do the, we're trying to do the best we can and finish strong. Mm-hmm. Oh, somebody was asking me, too, uh, they ran a... On our series, we have an independent stock class, which we talked about last show on just about every other show. But uh, they had it here at the IOCC as well. But one addition they had is a, since the event sponsored by Hobby Wing, uh, they use a 21.5 motor in this independent class instead of 17.5. Oh, that's right. We had that question. Yeah. Yeah. About switching so, to 21.5. Yeah, and you know we we talked about it last show and trying to sort out if this is a good thing or a bad thing. But I know one thing's for sure. They didn't look slow. <laughs> I mean, when I went out to watch, I was just like, I have to ask somebody. I was like, Ron, you know. Is that a like, 21.5? Like, like, are these 25.5s again this year? Like, yeah. I'm just like, I, I don't know. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, I, I can see. Um, I could definitely see that becoming something. That's a little bit used more often, I guess you could say. Okay. It, like I said, it's hard to decide what to do because, you know, part of the advantage of RC is you got the speed, and that's part of the excitement. But like we talked about, then there's the control factor, and you got to control it. And how fast do these guys get going uh, before they realize they're out of control? And, you know, if you're running an indie class, which is, you know, Unsponsored drivers, n- new drivers, or veteran racers. Um, you know, maybe it is a good idea to slow them down and have a handout motor like a twenty-one-five. And uh, I'd like to drive one. I'll probably ask Ron to bring one to our race and maybe try it at the beginning of the year and you know see how it runs. I, I kind of know how a seventeen-five runs and. 
obviously mod, but it'd be nice to get a feel of the 21.5. And, you know, on the track, they look pretty good. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, somebody mentioned, in, you know, on one of the questions, they're like, yeah, it kind of feels like there should be more disparity between stock and mod if you're going to separate by power. Um, and I think that's what the 21.5 is supposed to be doing. Because there's a lot of these indoor races that we run where the track is so small to begin with that there isn't a huge difference between stock and mod because you really have nothing. There's really nothing modified can can do that stock or 17.5 can't do. Uh, very just, rare. Yeah. <clears throat> and it could screw you uh, up being too fast. Yeah. So I think there is... Uh, there's obviously the two schools of thought, but the one is this to go Slow. to 21.5, and then you see this big difference to modified, which <clears throat> makes it feel like a a much larger jump up. And yeah. then, uh, but then we got the 17.5 around that is quick, but it's more for the experienced um, experienced stock racers. Slow is fast. That's what they tell you. I think what they try to in certain I, situations. I, I've never really, um, yeah, I've never really signed off on the fact that slow is fast. What's fast is not crashing. I think that's what they really mean by this when they say that. Is I mean, take your time, don't make a lot of mistakes. Your overall time will be fast. Mm-hmm. I think that's what what people are trying to say when they say that. Because if you just drive around the track slow, you're slow. That's true. Yeah. So you you have to be fast. The fast guys, if you know what you're looking at, look fast. <laughs> um, they look might look smooth, which means they're not erratic and they're on their marks. And sometimes it looks a little smooth, but they're going fast. Um, if you're just out there tootling around and going <laughs> wide everywhere, and you know, yeah. just going, you know, looking like a turtle, it's like that's not fast. When I raced indoors when I was a kid, there was a guy there was super fast, but you could hear him hitting like every single board. It was like, you know, bam, bam, bam. <laughs> but he was fast as <laughs> But that was a case where, you know, slow was fast. Because all you had to do is just go around and you're beating him. Because, but man, he was fast on the straightaway. He was a slapper. Yep, slapper. Yeah, I'm looking forward to going to Beach. That's where we're going this weekend, Beach RC, South Carolina. Beach the boy, some of the boys are already there because they went and did the um, the fall brawl. Oh, okay. Uh, they did the the eight scale race there, which the track was amazing uh, in practice in the first basically two rounds of qualifying, and then they got rained out, and it just would not quit raining, mm. and they couldn't even. They couldn't run the mains. Oh, it, rained, it rained out so bad they couldn't even run the mains, which it does happen sometimes to us here on the East Coast. Yeah, we get so screwed on weather sometimes. Yeah, especially Florida. Really, it's, it can be bad. When our, our tracks, our outdoor tracks on the East Coast are so badass when our weather's good. And when the West Coast guys come, they're always like, they love our tracks. They're just like, man, you guys' tracks are amazing. Really. Yeah, they love them. Um, anytime Cavalieri and Mayfield and all these guys come and race, 
uh, Spencer was just there with Paul. Uh, they love the track. I mean, they're just, but it's just, it's the weather, you know, it's just it's so unpredictable. You go from blue groove, perfect racing to the next day to just like a downpour and yeah. wish, wishing you could get back out there. But that's the gamble. That's the risk we have up over here. And we just kind of live and die with it. Everyone thinks that they can just put a roof over it and you can have the same thing, but the track's never the same when you put a roof over it as it is when it's exposed to the sun. Mm. Of course, you still have the big track and everything, but you, it's just not the same when the sun's not on it. You don't have that same feel, and uh, not everybody has the four or 500000 to put a roof over the outdoor track. Yeah, that, that could be a little bit of an issue. All right. Well, best of luck this weekend. Yep. We're we're going to need it. It's going to be stacked. We got a stacked field. Stay tuned to uh, J Concepts on Facebook for all the updates, interviews. Yeah, we're going to be hitting it hard. Thomas is going to be there doing his thing. He's going to do some live coverage. We'll do some sit-down interviews like we normally do. <clears throat> Try to snag a couple people we don't normally get to interview this time. Maybe get a little... Mix it up a little bit. Sweet. Uh, if you see Jason there, just walk up to him and uh, tell him how much you like the show, and he'll give you an autograph. That's right. <laughs> Free autographs. Yeah. So best of luck right, to everybody charge, at 10 I charge like, uh, like what's Jen the million did? Dollar man? What's what the million-dollar million man guy? Hey, did, did you say Jen charged you for that autograph? No, she didn't. Oh, Jen okay. Kramer. Yeah, the um, when you went to Hogan's Beach Shop. Yeah, it was. Uh, but who's the guy that that charges? Because he just he's um, Virgil. Virgil, yep, lonely Virgil. <laughs> yeah, I saw him at Comic Con years ago. I was just walking by. Hey, you want a twenty five? You want an autograph for twenty five bucks? You're like, mm, not really. I was like, do you want an autograph for twenty five bucks? <laughs> Yeah. So everybody attending the J Concepts race this weekend. Best of luck. Uh, put down hashtag Rip Army on the sponsor sheets. Bring it home. And uh, there you go. Have fun. We sent out the two prizes today. Oh, sweet. Tim Razine. Yep. And Chili Duncan. Yep. They were getting prizes. Jason sent me the photos of the prizes, and they're awesome. So I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. So check we'll your mailboxes. Hmm? Um, we'll tell Tim who the, his his uh, came from, so he'll know each driver that kind of contributed to his. Um, that, you know, sometimes I go to these things and I snag uh, different things from the drivers and. Jason rips uh, off their pit table. <laughs> hey, where'd my body go? <laughs> right. Jason taking stuff. Well, usually what happens, it'll happen sometimes where I, I get back and back to the pits and I'm like looking around and I'm like, Mayfield's like, I already gave my body away. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, somebody wanted it. I'm like, man, I wanted that one. Yeah, need it for Gotti. Uh, Mayfield uh, contributes to the show all the time, though, so he's allowed to do that once in a while. Yeah, exactly. 
I'll get some stuff when I'm at this race this weekend. We should have some got a lot of good drivers here. End of the year. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm going to do, while you're at the race, I'm going to do a patron uh, wrestling match on WWE 2K19. Okay. So cool. we'll do that for the patrons over at patreon.com slash radio impound. Uh, so watch our Facebook page, and I will make that post uh, this weekend during that race. Cool. Uh, shout out to our listener, Corey Jordan, good friend of the show, FedEx driver, delivering all those Christmas packages. I mean, and how can he go wrong with the last name Jordan either, you know? <laughs> no, no. Corey, we got to change that last name to Corey Bryant. Oh, no. <laughs> Corey Bryant. Ugh. Corey Jordan, um, making we, we make his eight-hour shift feel like ten. Yeah, so. maybe longer. <laughs> yeah. He drives the FedEx truck off a cliff. He's just like, guys, I'm done with this. You're not getting any packages. Can't take this show any further. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, I think that's it. I got all the uh, stuff out of the way. Radio Impound on Facebook. Give us a like. Tell your friends to give us a like. Keep up to date. Make sure you click on uh, See First, too. Because I, I do get some messages like, hey, I didn't see you post about this or whatever. You know what I mean? So when you like a page on Facebook, you got to make sure you mark it as See First. It's usually right where you hit like. And Jason, that might be the case for some of your uh, people that subscribe to your channel or like mm -hmm. your page. That's right. Because if you don't click that, there's a lot of times you don't see anything that the person posts. So make sure you do that. And then head over to stickit1.com to get your RIP logo. Put it on your car. Take a picture. Send it to us. You can also get it at boomrc.net. And you can get the shirts at carpies.com. And that was episode 184 for December 4th, 20, December 4th, wow, we're 21, we're 21 days away from Christmas, Jason. God, can you believe that? <sighs> Christmas, what do you get me, buddy? Ah, you know what, I'll just wait to see it. All right, get me out of here, Jason. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't, am I the ender? I think you're, you're the, ender the ender today, you could be the ender. Say, go visit me at jconcepts.net. Follow me on Twitter. Let me see if Jason I can get ready for this. Hold on. Jason let me see if I can get ready for this. <clears throat> Thanks for joining us here on the Radio Impound podcast. <laughs> Stay tuned for the next episode coming up shortly after the Indoor National Series. Check us out, jconcepts, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Go to the website. It's updated. Check it out. Go to Gotti. Visit him on YouTube. Check him out on Instagram. Kirby Hand, he's out there too. He's shooting people up on YouTube. Check out his videos. K Hand one eight seven. K Hand one eight seven. You can check out his siege videos that he that he does right. uh, edit and produce pretty well. He so. does. Uh, he's he's really good at it. Even though I haven't watched one yet, but I'm, I'm trust he's pretty good. At it. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for everything. It was fun. We'll do another one again soon. The road to 200 